Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is from the Sword of the Spirit Bible Conference. This is the first morning service of Saturday the 23rd of February 2013, entitled Biblical Love. And the Bible reading is taken from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 21. Here's Pastor Lou Guadano. All right. Uh, well, we've been talking a little bit about uh, preparation. And, um, of course, as I mentioned last night, the goal is to impact our world. We've got a job to do. And um, this morning I want to deal with a subject that I think that uh, we really don't, we don't really fully comprehend. And I think there's a lot um, of maybe misinformation. Um, certainly Hollywood has uh, changed the way we view this subject. When we talk about love, you know, we've got a certain picture in our mind. Hollywood paints a certain picture, you know, even back in the Renaissance, a certain thought process is put forth. But what that results in is when we are studying the scriptures and we're trying to understand about God, the English language, as you know, has made changes and things are changing and and we don't really understand. Sometimes we read the words, we can read it, but it's really not, it's not uh, having the same effect on us because we're really not understanding what we're reading. And so um, to impact our world, we need to understand first Christ's love and what, what that means and what it means to us. And uh, then we need to be able to impact our world with that love of Christ. So we need to understand a little bit. So it's, so it's very, very important. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about relationships and other things, and uh, I know that I'm—I know the crowd I'm dealing with here. And you may say, "Well, this is a little over our head." I mean, shouldn't you be telling this to the to the uh, married couples? And and I, every year that you're married, or every year that you get older, even if you're not married, you're gonna you're gonna say this applies even more to me. But you need to be taught these things before you get married, and sometimes. Uh, we wait till it's too late, and then we've got disaster. We've got a lot of bad habits, and uh, then we've got trouble. And so really pay attention. Be wise and learn ahead of time and uh, sidestep some of the, the trouble that maybe even your parents have had. And then also realize that I'm dealing not just with married couples. Relationships can be between uh, friends, can be mother to, you know, uh, son or, or uh, you know, any relationship that we have. So when we're talking relationships and we're talking love, this, this encompasses all of these things. And so in the next session, we're going to be talking about how to love and uh, some of the just practical things because uh, that is very important too. But I'd like to start here. Um, I'm going to go to a bunch of scriptures. If you can stay with me, that's fine. I've got mine written down. Um, I'm going to go to Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. I think we have, uh, well, we don't have one up on the board. That might have been me. Sometimes Brother Curtis has been asking me for all these scriptures all, all week long, and um, I've been giving him what I can, I'm trying to put as much as I can in a short amount of time. And so uh, Romans chapter 6 and verse 11 says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Christ did something in us when we got saved. When we came to Christ and gave him 
our life and we asked him to come into our heart and save us, he did something for us. And I don't think we can ever fully comprehend what he did for us or why he would love, we use that word, why he would love us. We can't comprehend it, but I know that he did, and he does. He does love us. But uh, the first thing that I want to say about love that's, that's um, I think, has been rearranged is our thought process about love is that it's, it's like this way. Somebody, you know, we think that when we love somebody, it's because there's a feeling that comes this way, if you kind of get what I'm saying. I get next to somebody, and, you know, here's this, here's this woman, or here's this person. What we, I guess that's the easiest way to describe it, because we understand, we understand the guy-girl thing. Okay, and there's, you understand, we're talking about God, we're talking about friendships, we're talking about, there's a lot of things that this applies to. But we understand when we get, you know, you know I'm a guy, I get near this, you know, this, this girl, and, and she loves me as much as I love me, and that's usually the way it is with guys, you know. They find someone that loves me as much as I love me. We don't really realize that, but that is kind of the truth, and, and that, you know, and so, so we think it's coming this way, and so we're like, I'm going to embrace that. That's good. I, you know, that, that feels right, you know. I'm in love, you know. And, and that's a problem because love really, if you study it, love is, is this way. Love is, love is me, action, you know, putting, you know, myself out and giving. I don't, we don't have time to study really 1 Corinthians chapter 13 today, but I take time and teach young people, couples, our whole church, uh, the whole chapter on charity. And you should read that chapter, and you should really try to understand what it's talking about. The Bible defines itself. Charity suffereth long and is kind. And, you know, the Bible goes and, and, and explains all of that. And then the Bible says that charity never faileth. Never faileth. And we think, because charity and, and the whole idea of love and charity, the Bible's talking about a giving without expecting anything in return. And, you know, that sounds good. But, you know, when you're loving somebody and you put yourself out, and you are trying to give, again, I'm trying to love somebody, all right? I'm, as a pastor, I'm trying to love someone. I'm trying to give of myself to someone. I, I want to love my wife, so I'm giving toward her. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put forth effort towards her because love really is a choice. We think that love is this magical thing. Again, that's a Hollywood thing. We think that when you find the right person, all of a sudden, it just happens, and boy, I've, you know, I, I think in the later session, and I, I'll just say it now, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but, you know, that came from the idea, really, even of the, the Greeks, you know, Zeus and all of that, where, you know, the, 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 the man creatures, you know, they, they, had, they had four arms and four legs, and the gods were threatened. And so they divided the people so that, you know, because they were too perfect, but everyone has their perfect mate. You know, and we can kind of get like that even in Christian circles where we think there's the right one. You know, we're looking for this, you know, my, my, other, my other half. 
And, and really, that's all, that's not biblical. You know, love is a choosing. I choose to love you. That's why I can come in here and not know you and say, I love you. And my heart is towards you. And I've been praying for you, and I don't even know you. But it's a giving without expecting anything in return. Uh, couples will say, okay, I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to love my husband. I'm going to give. I'm going to give of myself. Um, and then when the husband or the wife, or maybe in the case of a teenager, the father or the mother does not you know, reciprocate that kind of love, all of a sudden we're frustrated and we say it didn't work. But the Bible says that charity never faileth. We are in a generation, me in New York, you know, fast, fast, fast. I want everything now in a New York minute. And so we want to do something and we want to see results right away. But it doesn't work that way. We need to be able to give without expecting in return. And that's really right in the, in the, right at the foundation of love. That is a choice. That is a decision that we need to make. Um, Mark chapter 12, uh, the Bible says, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Now remember what I explained about love. Paul said, I die daily. You know, he's, he is preparing. We were talking about preparation. He is, he is trying to prepare himself. He is putting himself under subjection. I die daily. It's not about me. It's about, it's about you know, it's about the other. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. So I'm supposed to give myself completely. I'm supposed to choose that way. Not a feeling, not an emotion, not just it happens. You know what I mean? Sometimes we just think, you know, I'm supposed to just have this feeling. I love God. I love what he loves. It really is more of a choice. The feeling is a byproduct. You know, if, if you are loving your, your spouse the right way, if you're loving uh, really the people in the church uh, the right way, if you're loving your parents the right way, that, that feeling is a byproduct. But we want, the, we want the byproduct. We want the feeling. So we chase the feeling. And really, there's really no real love where, where, where we're at. Uh, jump down to verse 33. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength. See, all of those things, I mean, those are, you know, decisions. You know, there's, so all my strength. And to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. So this is a big deal to love your neighbor as yourself. And again, this is not just talking to husband and wife. We're supposed to love our neighbor. We're supposed to, I mean, it's, it's, it's Christ first and then, and then the other. The Lord came, and we just sung about it, and died on the cross for us. He was giving. He was giving to us. It was toward us. He loved us. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. And if you've, if you've never experienced Christ's love, it, you really, it's impossible, really, for you to love someone else. We'll look at some of the verses that come later. But really, the world 
And when I'm talking about the world, I mean people that have not, do not have Christ inside them, really cannot love the way God wants us to love. They've never experienced it. They've never experienced it for themselves. Sometimes it keeps people from salvation because they think that, that, that uh, they've got to, um, how do I want to say, not give things up, but that there's all these things attached. And really, we don't understand that God can love us before we ever did anything for him. The world thinks that God will love me if I do all of these things. But God loves us, you know, when we're unlovable. He loved us first. Before we ever made a decision for him, he loved us. And that's, we, we, don't, we don't comprehend that. And so when we go to love someone else, we say, well, I'll love, I'll love this person if they what? If they're, you know, pouring it on me, well, then I'll love them. We get around a, you know, a woman, you know, and, and she's good looking and she thinks we're something and, and, and we go, yeah, I love that person, you know, and it's all, it's all, it's all wrong. It's all backward. It's not, it's not the right thing. Biblical love is not affection. Um, that's like warm feelings and, and all of that, you know, I mean, when we, we have uh, sympathy, you know, we see an adorable little child and we say, you know, there's just this warm feeling, all right? around that. That's really not what we're talking about, biblical love. Uh, friendship. Uh, we, sh- uh, we share the same likes and dislikes. Again, um, we gather around people that are like us. We tend to love, okay, using the worldly world word, we love people that are like us. And so we get around people that have the same likes, you know, same dislikes. We call them friend. And, and, and if, if it gets close, I love this person. And that's not biblical love. And so, uh, again, I'm just trying to, I know it's early in the morning. I'm trying to get you guys to think a little bit, all right? But listen to what I'm saying. It's going to, in the next session, when we're trying to love someone, because we're going to be impacting our world, um, you need to understand these things. Um, prepare for a good relationship. The... Um, let me say this. Um, I'm just jumping down here for sake of time. Let me go to First uh, John chapter four. Yes, First John chapter four and verse seven. Just give you a moment to get there if you're turning in your Bibles. If not, just write it down and I'll read it for you. First uh, John chapter four and verse seven. The Bible says, "Beloved, let us love one another." For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Again, the lost cannot do it. The lost cannot do this thing. You know, this is something that is, is Christ in us. It is really not of ourselves. And, and we need to understand that. Uh, the Bible continues on. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. You see the correlation there? I mean, if, if you're not, if you don't have that giving without expecting in return, loving in the way Christ loved, I mean, he that loveth not is not of God. I mean, you'll know my disciples by what? The love they have for the brethren. It's something that comes out of us. It's Christ in us. 
So to really love someone, we've got to have Christ in us. If you're here today and you've never been saved, if you've never humbled down and said, Lord, I need you, realize that you're a sinner and that you, you need Christ living inside your heart. And let me tell you, there's, there's nothing like it. You know, I, 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 no matter if I talk to a, a Muslim or if I talk to a, a Jehovah Witness, or no, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to, and you give them your testimony and you say, God did this for me. And he did this in my heart. They can't refute that. If you're here today and you've never been truly born again, my brother sat there all through his teen years, and, and I said, you, you never asked the Lord to save you? He said, no, I rejected it because I wanted my way. I wanted to do my thing. And we're foolish that way. We think that we know what we want and we know what we need and we know what will make us happy. And God is the only one that can fill all of that. So we're chasing things that are just vanishing away. And we get there, and it's a mirage, and there's nothing there. And the devil puts that carrot out in front of us, and we're chasing things that, that we, we can't really ever attain. God is the only one that understands us. He's the only one that really loves us. And when we get him inside of us, it's only then that we can impact our world. It's only then that we can really love each other. And whether it's in, in your marriage or whether it's um, you know, towards your people or really just in your family. I want to encourage you teenagers. Some of you have got lost family, maybe a mother, a father, a brother, someone else. This is, this is monumental. You cannot reach them. You know, we're talking about the people at work, brother. You cannot reach them unless unless they realize, unless they feel that love toward them. You put love toward them, then they'll listen to what you're saying. You know, sometimes we, and I'm guilty of it, we want to win an argument, we want to prove we're right, and we can be as right as rain. We can show them, look at this is what it says, this is all this, and, and we, you know, you know uh, my mother's side is all from German roots, and the Germans are, you know, going to prove everything right down, German rationalism, you know, it's, it's going to be all this way, and it's, can't you see this? But love's got to get involved, and, and when Christ loved us, when we're unlovable, that's just like, whoa, and when, when teenagers are loving their parents in a way that even they can't comprehend, it, it shakes them up, and, and the world, when they see someone, why are you doing this? I've had people say that. Why are you doing what you're doing? I can't believe that you're doing this. Relatives will say, what are you doing? I mean, why are you going over there? Do they pay you? I mean, what's, and they, they can't comprehend it. And that's, but Christ's love will do that. Verse 10, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And I wish I had time to really break that down. There's so much there. But, but Christ loved us, and he sent his son to take care of our sins. Verse 11, but beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And that's in the church, that's in the family, that's in the marriage, that's to this world. We're going out there this afternoon They've got to see some genuine love in our eyes for them. And we can get cold and callous, and we can see someone that's walking by, and we can say, God ain't in a million miles of that guy, and, and we just get callous, and we look at somebody, or we look someone that's maybe not uh, 
the, the, the same or they're from a different country or, or maybe, maybe uh, of a different faith and we think God could never reach them and we don't have the love of Christ, we don't see in them the potential that, that God does. And that tells me that we don't have as much God in, in us. I mean, we know God's in there, but we're not, we're not letting him out. We're quenching his spirit and we're, we're not seeing what, what he sees. And we've got we've to let him take control. And if we're saved, we've got to let that come out. Um, Hereby know we that, uh, that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And really, like I said, that's a, a love that the world does not know. It can only come from God. Verse 14, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Try to concentrate on what we're reading. Verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. Again, it's a spiritual thing, and God in him. Herein, is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in the world. And so if the world is going to experience Christ's love, it's going to come from us. We're, we're, the, we're the, the ambassadors. We're the, the vessels that God uses. And that's how, you know, his love is perfected in us. It's perfected in us, but it's also felt by the world, and it's towards the world. Um, There is no fear, the Bible says, in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. There's, there's There's no risk. There's no fear. Sometimes we're we're afraid to love because we're afraid to get hurt. And what we're saying is we're, we're afraid that it's not going to be reciprocated. We're, we're afraid that we're going to extend ourselves. We're going to give. We're going to reach out this way. And then we're going to be rejected or it's not going to come back. But the Bible is saying perfect love casteth out fear. There's no fear really in love, biblical love, God's kind of love, because it's I'm, it's this way. I'm giving, I'm loving, I, you know, I'm doing what Christ told me to do, and then that's it. And so even in your relationship at home, husband and wife, I, you know, the Bible says, again, charity never faileth. And I understand the words are, are a little bit different, and I don't have time really to define all the differences, but for just the general discussion today, really that giving, that selfless love, the Bible says never faileth. And we've got to trust that by faith. Now, I can stand up here and say, look, I've, I've got a lot of years in this, and I, and I know that to be true. But still, even in my personal life, even though I know that, sometimes when, when I reach out and it doesn't come back the way I think it should, and all of a sudden, you know, my temper starts to flare, it's like God says, you're really not loving the way I told you to love. How much love are you really showing? How much true love? How much biblical love are you showing? You're showing by your actions how you're loving. It's a selfish kind of thing. I'm doing something to get. That's not love. And uh, 
Watch out for that kind of thing. Let's continue on. Verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. And again, this is, this is not infatuation. This is not that God is infatuated. This is, you know, he, he sees this worthless thing. Now, he sees potential, but he sees this, this human frailty. He sees this person in sin. Think about it. And he loved us. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Can you see how that makes sense now? I mean, in our human mind, we can say, well, I like this one and I don't like that one. I love this one and I don't love that one. But if we really have the love of God, if we say we love God and he's in us and we've got that, you know, perfect love and we say we hate our brother, God's saying, well, well, you don't have me. You don't have God, you know, God's love in you. You can't have... You can't have one without the other. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? So that's a whole nother thing. I mean, God is saying that, you know, you need to love the person in front of you, and, and then, then really you can love God who you, you, you have not seen. And that's deep. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. So that's a building block, really an important ingredient. Um, the Bible says Christ came not to be ministered, really, but, you know, to minister. He came to be a minister. He came not to be ministered to. That's our job. We're supposed to go and be ministers. We're supposed to be a servant. You know, pastors, we, when I teach the pastors, we're supposed to say, we're, you know, to be a servant, to be a bondman, to be someone that is, you know, not thinking of himself as highly, you know, as we often think of ourselves. We're supposed to have an attitude of I owe. As a Christian, we're all supposed to be servants. That's not just the pastor. We're supposed to have an attitude of I owe. I owe you. I'm here, you know, to give you something. You know, I owe you something. And that's all backward in our thinking because we think we got rank. I'm the husband. I mean, they're supposed to listen to me. I mean, I'm in charge. That's the, our military way of thinking, Brother Stu. I mean, you know, you're, you're mine. You know, attention. And, 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 and you owe me. Because I'm in charge. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's, it's I owe you. And, and that's hard on this flesh. With our wives, I owe. But, man, I'm, you know, paying the bills, and I'm doing all this and everything. I'm putting my feet up, you know. But our attitude should be, I owe. And uh, watch out, you know, uh, guys especially. Guys are takers. When I teach the... the the couples, I tell them right off the bat, guys, you know, women naturally are givers, and that's the truth. And you can argue about with me with that. I could show you from the missions giving to everything when they get married, women are trying to please, and they're givers, and men are just like, yeah, gimme, 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 yeah, yeah, that's good. Until a woman says, she doesn't see it being reciprocated. Now, she's not really giving without expecting a return. I understand that. 
But then she starts to clam up, and the guy goes, what's going on after, like, 10 years? You know, like, whoa, 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 hey, what happened? And you've you just been sucking it up for 10 years. But we've got to fight that nature. We've got to sit there and have this love of Christ. And if we do, then it'll be fine. And we'll, and we'll give without expecting a return. But it, but it doesn't come natural to this old flesh. Um, I challenge our church to do something that would, that would demonstrate love. I kind of gave him some homework in a way that God loves us. And this is what I challenge them. And, and it's kind of weird because most preachers don't get up on a Wednesday night for church and say, hey, church, you got homework this week. I mean, when was the last time the preacher said that to you? And I stood up in front of all our people and I said, you got homework this week. He says, if you really want to do this, it's fun to come to church and hear preaching and go, well, that was moving, that was good. Oh, that was a good message, preacher. You know, you told a great story that'll stick in my mind, but you don't do nothing with it. You go home the same way you came in. And I said, if you want to love like Christ loved, then this is what you need to do. Pick out someone, not someone that you enjoy being around. Not someone that, but, but pick someone, maybe even someone that has wounded you. Someone that has hurt you. And right away, someone came to my mind. And I didn't even, this was the thing, I didn't plan it for me. I was going to do this, and I was thinking my wife. I'm going to just like love my wife this week. I'm going to. And what I was encouraging people to do is, I said, every day, do a small act of kindness. Something, you know, write them a letter, send them a flower, write them a card, you know, whatever. Buy them a coffee. Small act of kindness towards this person. And I was thinking, you know, in my mind, I'm going to do this for my wife. You know, when I was preparing the message, well, I got up there, and somebody else came in my mind. And God was like, this is the person. And this person, you know is close to me, it's a family member, you know, in my immediate family, and I thought, and this person has, had grown cold, it was hard to go over her house, and all this stuff, and God was going, you need to love that person. And I'm thinking, oh man, I haven't even talked to her, and I don't even know how long, you know, I've, I've not been over her house, I mean, since she's moved, and I'm thinking, I'm going to just write her out of the blue, and write her this nice letter and everything, and I'm thinking, oh, man. But I challenged our church, and I said, you need to pick somebody out and say, I'm going to love them like Christ loved us, giving without expecting anything in return. And you need to do that. You know, mom, dad, they can hurt you. Sometimes a spouse can hurt you. And we're expecting, you know, the ones that are closest to us are the ones that hurt us the worst. You know, we try to please somebody, and then, man, we get, we get cracked back, and, and it hurts. But what we need to do is show them the love of Christ. We need to sit there and say, you know, I'm going to extend myself. Perfect love casteth out fear. There's no fear in love, not in that kind of love, because I'm doing it for Christ's sake, and it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter how they react. What are you writing me for? I mean, after three years, you're going to write me? You know what I mean? We, we have fear because we think we're going to get rejected. We think it's, it's not going to be all right. But perfect love casteth out fear. Are you getting the idea of what I'm talking about? Um, I, I wrote a little disclaimer for our couples. We, you know, it's in my notes here. Um, because I said, now, if you're married in here tonight, 
do not get in your mind that my husband or whatever is supposed to act a certain way towards me. I said, don't do that. Because I, I'm just envisioning couples sitting there going, okay, he, you know, the preacher preached on loving each other. And, you know, he hadn't done a thing for me all week long, you know. And, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you. So if you're married in here, it's about you. Don't look at the other one. And uh, if there's siblings in here or father or son or whatever, don't think about that. Really, take the message to you. And you ought to do that every time you hear a message. Don't just sit there and say, That's, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I teach couples class all the time. And, and uh, Sunday, I was really, and I hardly ever, usually I hammer the guys. But in this particular lesson, I, I said, I'm just warning you, I would normally teach this in split session to the ladies. But I said, today we're all together, and the Lord told me to say, you know, so I'm going to do this, so just prepare. And I says, husband, if you're sitting next to your wife, and if you needle her one time and say, yeah, you need to get this, I go, you're an idiot. Don't say a word. I said, and just let me teach. But we ought to come, it ought to be for us, not for the person next to us, all right? Um, patience, um, what to do? Patience, which is really one side of love. You can break love down. Patience is one side of love. Uh, like a surgeon, um, adopt a minimally evasive policy. In the States, they're always advertising these dentists, you know? We practice ultra-conservative dentistry, we save your teeth, all this here. Um, but we ought, to, we ought to take that policy. We, we, we shouldn't just, you know, hack and slash and cut out things that we don't like. We ought to have that conservative approach. Minimize, you know, the collateral damage. If we could love each other, and what we do is, as husbands especially, we are fixers. You know, men are, they, we want to deal with things, and, and so... We just say, we need to cut this out. This is wrong. This is a bad thing in our relationship. So we need to, you know, we're going to take care of business right here. And sometimes we see that in a lost person and we say, they're not thinking right. Whoa, we're going to chop this out. Well, it had to be cut out. It had to be dealt with. But, you know, when we're loving people, yes, there are going to be some things we're going to have to deal with, whether they're lost, whether, you know, it's even sometimes it's, it's, it's kind of painful when, when you're the, the, the young person and you've got to go to mom or dad and deal with something and say, you know, I know this is not right and I know we need to handle this. And sometimes you have to do that and there's some surgery that has to take place. And that's a, that's a painful process, but we ought to adopt a minimally evasive plan. It ought to be like a surgeon saying, you know, I'm going to be very careful about this. And if it's husband and wife, being very careful, you know, what, on what we're doing here. And then trying to trying to love the whole time, and we'll have much more success. Um, I've got in my notes. Sometimes we take a splinter out with a hacksaw, and then justify ourselves saying it had to be done, you know. And sometimes, you know, I, I'm taking the slivers out of the kids' hands and everything else, and they're screaming and yelling, you know, ah, you're killing me, you know. But you know, back when I was a kid, my mother she was she not the most kind person in the world, you know. And man, there'd be a hole in my finger by the time she was done, you know. And, and we don't really need to do that. But I guess we've all been guilty of that at one time or another. Uh, take a minimal evasive policy. Um, you may have to not speak until you can control yourself. Sometimes we just need jerk reaction. And sometimes we need to just slow down. Now, I'm more of a thinker 
I'm really, that's not my makeup, you know, but some people are. Some people need to just, you know, we need to take a minute here and talk about it at another time. Um, I've got here, you, you may have to walk away for a time when things get heated. Now, I'm a person that wants to deal with it. I want to deal with it right now. If, if we've got this thing open and we're talking about it, let's deal with it. Let's throw all our cards on the table. Let's argue, Brother Stu, until we get it hashed out, and then that's it. But I, as I've grown in my marriage, I've learned, you know, I can't do that. I've got to stop. You know, there's too much emotion involved. And then I've got to have the character, which is tough, to have the character to pick it back up, knowing, okay, I'm going to have to deal with this later, and then pick it back up when the emotion's out of it and deal with the problem. When I'm dealing with people in the ministry and I'm dealing with staff, sometimes it's not the best time to deal with it right then. Another thing that I've learned is that what we do a lot of times is we, we want to deal with an issue, and so we go up to someone and say, hey, brother, you know, you've done such a great job and everything. Let me tell you something that, you know, you're not doing well, and I need you to fix this, you know, thus and so. And so what I'm saying is, in essence, I'm paying a compliment, but then I'm dealing with an issue, okay? Now, men handle that a little better because we compartmentalize, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a later session if we get time. So men handle that better, but women especially do not handle that very well. All they hear is the negative because you said the negative. So I have learned, and it takes character to do this, is to sit there and we've, we've got to, and with children or whatever, or maybe with your parents, you need to pay compliments when compliments are due, and then don't say a word. Shut up about anything negative. And if you've got to deal with something negative, okay, we're going to deal with something negative, and we're going to let it go. And then I'm going to come back later, and then I'm going to pay compliments, and I'm going to say, okay, you know, you're doing a good job here. That's so much better received. And again, we're trying to love like Christ loved. And, and we've got to not just, um, you know, I've learned to be more direct. Americans are direct as it is, but I've learned even to be more direct because sometimes you'll be, you'll be buttering somebody up, paying them compliments, and they're going, okay, what's the real issue? They're waiting, waiting, waiting. Boom, there it is. Okay, I knew he had something on his mind. And so now I just come up and say, look, this is an issue that I need to talk about. I come right out and say it. And then if we get around to anything else, you know, we get around to anything else. But uh, I don't know. Again, just some practical stuff maybe that you could think about. Um, loving people, be proactive. Uh, kindness, decide to be kind. Again, let me just shore up, you know, as we're closing down this session. Simple acts of kindness. Each day this week, perform one simple act of kindness. If, if you really want to get something out of the session then do the homework, okay? Now, not everyone in here is going to do that. I get it. I understand that. But there are some of you that have come and said, I really want something to change. I came here because I want a life change. So start this week. You're not going to live your life uh, different if you don't start this week. You know, and, and I see all the ladies writing down, and that's typical. You know, I see a couple of guys. Thank the Lord for that. But again, women tend to want to work on relationships. Guys... When, when you, someone says there's something wrong with the relationship, they're like, what? How can, I, how can this be? You know, you get married, and, 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 and a man is, he's perfectly content. He's perfectly happy. 
I've got this wonderful woman. Life is good. A woman gets married, and she goes, I love him. We've got a lot of work to do. And this is not exactly what I thought and what I had in mind. So a woman will go to a man and, and start to try to make adjustments, and he goes, how can, how can you not be satisfied with me? You know? And uh, again, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go. But if you want to get something out, do the homework. Each day this week, perform one simple act of kindness uh, toward them. 